It's another Playful Humans podcast. Welcome, friends. My name is Mike Montague, and I am your host. My guest this week is another play professional. His name is Jeff McLaughlin, and he is at professionalsatplay.com. You can find them professionals at play on Instagram and the socials as well, or uh, just connect with us on LinkedIn. Mike Montague, Jeff McLaughlin, do it. Uh, if you're looking for more information on Playful Humans, that's at playfulhumans.com and uh, on all those socials as well. Find a little more connection, confidence, creativity, and culture by playing with other Playful Humans. Here we go. Jeff, we did it. Uh, welcome Woo! to the podcast. We like to start with the joke of the week. The joke of the week is brought to you by antidepressants. Uh, my cousin stole my antidepressants. I hope he's happy now. Uh, all right. Um, do you want to hear a great word I made up? I want to, I love great words that people make up because I like to put them in my vernacular and see if other people go, oh yeah, I know exactly what that means. Uh, I call it plagiarism. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, I'll just leave it hanging. Do you have a, a joke you like to share? Uh, I, I, I do a lot of drug and alcohol prevention work. And so uh, when I work with adults, uh, my, my joke is a bar a bear walks into a bar and tries to order a beer. The bartender says, we don't serve bears here. Bear says, why not? He says, we just don't serve bears here. He goes, well, I really need a beer. And the guy goes, no, we don't serve bears here. Bear goes, you know what? If you don't get me a beer, I'm going to go down to the end of the bar and I'm going to eat that lady. Bartender says, we don't serve bears. Bear's like, fine, you get what you deserve. And runs down to the end of the bar, eats the lady, comes back and goes, I'd like my beer now. Bartender says, sorry, we don't serve drug addicts. He says, what do you mean? He goes, sorry, that was a barbiturate. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I like it. That's a good one. Uh, All right. Well, we started off. We're in the right mood. We got it rolling here. Uh, I guess since you're a prey play professional i can just ask you straight up like what does play mean to you and and what do you see the benefits of it how come it's it's so important in in your life oh my gosh i you know i've been playing since i was a kid i think that's the the important part is that people as children we play it's our natural state of being it's a state of joy so when you play that's who you really are as a human being and actually I, i believe it was uh Aristotle that said that he said he can find out more about a human being by watching them play for an hour than by spending a year in conversation. And so we, we, when we, when we conversate, when we, we talk to people, we have the ability to put on a different facade, but when we play that all that goes away, like you go, go back to your natural state of joy and happiness. And so play is a great, uh, a great way to actually truly get to know another human being. And it's the way that we connect as human beings. I don't care where you are, which language you speak, what religion you practice or don't practice. Doesn't None of that matters. If we can play, we have a common experience, then we can have a conversation, start to share our stories. And I, I think anybody can get along as long as we can have some sort of connection, which is play. So that's what play does for people. And it's just imperative that adults get more play. Like, holy uh, cows. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny that I had to kind of get to 40 before I, I realized that like kind of play is our ideal state. We keep 
thinking yeah. that like work is and stuff. And I, I think there's a place for that. But when people talk about work being important, I think they mean that challenge, that stress, you know, stress you put on yourself, the the uh, making yourself stronger and, and contributing to the world. But I don't mm-hmm. think they realize that that's also a benefit of play, that play is is challenging. You're stretching your comfort yeah. zones. You're stretching your abilities. You're yeah. using your mind creatively and you're you're engaging in life in the same way, but you're also contributing. And I think that's where things got messed up in our culture. I, I think we put yeah. too much emphasis on the work and the struggle and we forgot, no, you can still get all those benefits by play, yeah. right? Well, the stress response system, if you, if you, you need a little bit of stress in order to get stronger, in order to get better, like that stress, you know, stress creates diamonds, but too much stress destroys us. I mean, we see that all the time and with like massive amounts of burnout, employee turnover, lack of engagement. I think that those folks don't get enough play in the workplace. And if we, we make the workplace play full, it's not always play because obviously there's some serious work that needs to be done in the world. Um, but if you actually enjoy going to work, if you like the people you work with, when the stressful situations come, play helps to alleviate some of that pressure. Just a, it's like a pressure valve release, right? So that's why, like laughter, like kids laugh 300 times a day. Adults laugh like 17 times a day. And do we laugh less because we're stressed or do we stress more because we laugh less? I mean, chickens and eggs, right? It's just, yeah. I'm all about, okay, laugh more, play more. And then it also helps you to focus, like it expands your mind, the creativity aspect. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've had groups of professionals playing and they're not even thinking about like, they're just having fun. They're in the moment. And all of a sudden it allows their subconscious to work on something that they've been thinking about for a long time. And they have those like, oh my gosh, I just figured it out. Like moments where they're like, well, yeah, cause you weren't thinking about it. Like your subconscious was allowed to do this job. Like if you're under pressure all the time, you're constantly, oh, I got to do this, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. And it, it just, it doesn't work. Eventually you just get dull. Nobody wants yeah, that. Well, I mean, I think that's so interesting to me because our body knows, right? Our body knows whether this is good for us or not. It knows how to come up with ideas if we just let it. But so many times we try to, to force things. And if you force somebody to be creative or funny or to playful, it doesn't work, right? It's just, yeah. If we let our bodies do that, if our letties, our bodies tell us when it's time to sleep rather than drink caffeine and you know, or, <laughs> you know, uh, sedatives and stuff to go to sleep, then it's like it will be just fine by itself. Yeah. But once, once we yeah. start screwing with it, then we have to screw with all of it. And I think that's also what technology in our society has done recently is like, oh, well, look, we can optimize this little piece of it. But you're like, yeah, but unless you fix all of the rest of it and optimize that too. And then your life becomes a, a robot. And unless we become a computer, yeah, there's no way to keep it on track. No, it's, it's so it's, it's, it's really interesting. Cause I do a lot of work with students and obviously the last 24 months have been just bonkers, right. And teachers, educators, mental health professionals, they've all seen the effects of what happens with isolation, which is not our natural state of being. We are herd animals. Okay. We need people. It's not a want, it's an actual physical need. Um, and then there's the, the effects of the screen because they were on a small screen all the time. We got zoom fatigue. We got kids that are like, like little, literally zombies because they're on the screen for so long. 
and it's it destroys your peripheral vision and stuff oh. because you're ignoring everything outside of this narrow yeah. window, right? Yeah. Everything. Oh, certain parts of your brain turn off. It's it's so intriguing to watch. And the only way to wake that up is to one unplug, get out of the system. You got to. I always call it unplugging uh, to plug in. You know, you got to unplug from the system and plug into humanity. And if you do that, mm-hmm. you find this amazing, like, oh my gosh, there's all of us. There's like real humans. And our sense of empathy goes up when we have inter- face-to-face interactions. We have a, a handshake. Handshake is there for a reason. It's a it's a biological like, hey, this is my 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 weapon hand. I'm waving. That means I'm safe. Now you're getting closer, and I'm going to reach it out towards you. And now it's as far away from my weapon as it can be. So this means I'm safe. You know, yeah. it was it was a single symbol of trust. And when we when we see kids now, they because of the mask, it's another barrier. Because of you can't touch. Now we've created a, a sense of, oh my gosh, people are dangerous. And that anxiety level just goes way up. And I mean, we're seeing like tons of mental health is in, in, in adults as well. And so the play part, if we can, I don't want to say let our guards down. Cause you know, obviously depending on where you are at and what you're, you're doing, there's different, different places. Of the country are affected sure. more heavily than other places. Yeah. I happen to be lucky in, in that my area um, we've got a gorgeous outdoor playground just all around us. So I get to go outside, but I'll go on hikes with people. Great. We can social distance. We don't have to wear a mask because we're outside. We're six feet apart. It's whatever, you know, but it's the ability to be with another human being and engage with them in a human way. It's not online. It's not with my cell phone. It's not through a screen, which, you know, it's great that we were able to do those things. We ate, we're able to continue working, but right. it it lost some of the effect efficacy of the face to face meetings and the power of human connection. And yeah. oh, for sure. And I think it's actually going to be a while before the mainstream public realizes the the damage that this causes and, and that it's it's not going to work out well. And and so I want to ask you here a little bit and roll back about your experience too, because I think you and I are of similar ages. And and what oh, is yeah. your city again? Just so people, I, know I'm in Coeur d'Alene, you. Idaho. Idaho. Awesome. Yeah. As we like to say, we're just the tip. <laughs> there you go. Of, of, of Idaho. <laughs> just, yes. just the tip uh, of Idaho. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you that are listening, like, wait, what did he just say that? Yeah. We're the, the very tip of Idaho. If you can see it, we're like the, the knuckle. We're about two hours South of the Canadian border. Ah, there you go. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, great, great place to, uh, to get outside and play. But I think what is interesting and I want to hear your story is like, did you ever have a regular like cubicle job and serious. And did you fall into that too? And how did you discover this uh, or were you always playful? And then what do you think it would take for the majority of the public to, to learn these lessons? Because I'm afraid that um, we're either not going to do it in time or it's just a part of aging. And like, maybe everybody needs to go through that and get to this. Well, we're going to have a cultural like midlife crisis, I, I think. And I think that's to. a huge possibility. I was lucky. I grew up in an area. Um, my my grandparents were entrepreneurs and they owned a resort. And so I grew up just playing. That was like the playground was my space. That was my, my so jam. Cool. I got to interact with oh, hundreds of thousands of people by the time I was like a, an early teenager. And it taught me how to get along. Like it taught me all the skills I needed for life on the playground you know, and I got to see them, how they worked hard, how they, you know, did their finances, how they ran a business. Uh, I did end up getting into a kind of a nine to five job. I was a school teacher 
Um, I taught kindergarten, which I'm sure if you were five years old, <laughs> nice. this is like terrifying, right? Most people are thinking like the little, the school marm. And here I am like a grizzly bear, like <laughs> kids are like freaking <laughs> out. Oh, it was part of my favorite, favorite part of the year. Every year is watching the little kindergartners come in and just freaking them out. Cause they had no the idea day. what the, the first day of school <laughs> parents were like, uh, where's the teacher? And I'm like, that's me. And they're like, I don't think you understand big, scary, furry looking dude. I want a teacher. <laughs> I'm like, give me your kid, dude. <laughs> it was very scary. <laughs> I had a lot of meetings with the principal, um, <laughs> but I, I, I realized in the classroom that, that play, I had a play-based classroom because we were kindergartners, you know, you know, yeah, right. five-year-olds. Right. But yeah. five-year-olds are so easily trainable when they're having fun. If they're enjoying, if they're engaged in the process, they're just like literally do anything. They're like little puppy dogs. And so yeah. I was able through play to, to interact with them at a level that was fun and engaging for them, actually fun and engaging for me. Cause I, we rarely sat down. We were on our feet, moving, dancing, singing, um, playing with our hands. We were like, you know, building things all the time, tearing things down. We'd have destruction parties instead of construction. We'd be nice. like, we got this thing. And we need to tear it apart as fast as we can. I'm going to time us and we're going to try and set a record. By the way, the record is five minutes. If you guys can beat that, we'll get an extra couple of minutes outside of recess. How does that sound? Like, yeah, right. And so we would have fun and it engaged human beings. But I also realized that there's a lot of political red tape that you have to go through in education. And I, I just couldn't stand it. I was just like, this is ridiculous. They're like, well, you have to teach this way. And I'm like, why? If it's just, it's, it's insane. Like yeah. so many kids, like, why would I want to teach this kid who is obviously uh, a, a boy and does things that boys do? Like they don't want to sit down. They don't want to sit here for, you know, four or five or six hours, just listening to a teacher. I'm bored out of my mind doing that as a teacher. And so um, I got out of education and went right into speaking and working with students, but in a different way. So it create helped create curriculums and programs that were designed to engage students in the school and how do we treat each other? How do we take care of each other? Yeah. So it was the, before DEI stuff was even around. Um, I, I mean, I don't know how long it's been around, but I've been doing this for 20 years and it's like, it's human connection. That's all it is. I don't care what you yeah. look like. I don't care. I don't care where you're from. I don't care anything. Like I just care about you as a human being. And as soon as people realize that like you're human, I'm human. Great. I guarantee we can find something in common. And then let's play and have a little bit of fun and then let's share our stories. And now all of a sudden we're friends. Crazy. how. Yeah. I mean, gosh, it's so crazy, isn't it? Like in schools, they need you to train the five-year-olds to be zombies. So when they get to be six-year-olds, they can sit and listen to the lectures and, uh, and, drives stuff. Me nuts. and I, I think some of that is changing now mm -hmm. a little bit, but it's taken a, a long time. And, and I think we continue that into adulthood and, and stuff then. Right. So for it's, me, right. It's like, kids know how to play. Like your mm -hmm. job is really to not screw them up. Um, and then <laughs> For adults, it's like, okay, everybody is screwed up. How do we get them re-engaged? How do we, you know, show them that they can play well with others and that other people aren't scary and things that they've right. been burnt and gotten gotten jaded and uh you know <laughs> forgot how to play tag. I know that's your your favorite uh, game. Like favorite game of like, all time. <laughs> and how do adults like still forget that that's like funny? Uh, you know, I don't I don't know. It's it's because they I think that that whole laughter thing. They've forgotten how to laugh. They've forgotten how to play a very, I mean, there's a handful of us. There's a bunch of us. I mean, obviously we're play professionals, 
that this is what we do for a living. We help people engage with the play process. And it's, I mean, I got friends that do it online professionally. I've got friends that are all over the country that, that go and do giant workshops. I just had a friend do the New York comic-con and like, dude, he was, he was the MC game guy between things. And like, dude, thousands and thousands of people he got to play and have fun with and engage with. And I'm like, dude, it's people enjoy that. They want to be a part of something fun. And so as adults, if we can, if you know, yourself, myself, any of the number of play professionals that we know, if we can help adults engage in the process of play, it reawakens that part of their playful nature in their mind. And they go, Oh my gosh, I forgot how much fun this is. And whether that's a board game, crazy trivia, like there's literally thousands of things that you can do that are just fun and engaging that get people talking. And it's like, if you can laugh and have a little bit of fun, it, it just, it makes the world just that much better and the workplace that much better too, but they got to remember that they can have fun. Yeah. And I think you started to zoom in on some of those ideas, but I wanted to ask you as a a play professional, like uh, I really struggle with this because people come to me and they're like, Mike, what are the seven steps for having more fun Uh, or like things? And you're like, Mm, I think you're missing the point here a little bit, but I do understand where people maybe have listened to this and they're like, you know what? I want to, I need to go out. Like, you know, it's been two years here in the, uh, in the bunker. Like I need to start doing uh, something interesting. What are your recommendations for people to kind of start expanding their comfort zone and, and getting out there more? My, my very first thing is what I tell people is always, if you can get outside in nature and just be present, whether like if you listen like think about your five senses, go outside in in nature and listen, look, feel, smell. Like if you can take off your shoes and walk in grass, like, what does that feel like as an adult? If you haven't walked without shoes in the grass for a long time, you're going to be like, Oh, good Lord. This is like walking on Legos. This hurts. And you're like, (laughs) it's soft, fluffy grass. But then you'd see kids and they're sprinting across gravel. Like, how does that happen? Because they're in a different state of mind. So just being present in nature helps to reset your biorhythms. Um, that breathing exercises, I recommend get outside in nature, breathe, and then focus on the things that you can control. You know, we don't have a lot of control over everything. Like I, my sphere of control is barely like right in front of me, right? It's, it's this little tiny bubble that I can control, which is myself. I can control how I react, the things I say, what I think about, the information that I put in my head. Um, what I watch, what I don't watch. So, you know, get outside, breathe. And I'm going to say intentionally unplug from technology. Make sure you have time that is just for yourself to rejuvenate, whether that's reading a book, taking a walk, um, doing puzzles, uh, you know, trying to solve a, a, an insanely complex Sudoku puzzle. I don't know, whatever it is that's your jam, something that brings you a little bit of joy. Do that for yourself every single day, just for five or 10 minutes be amazed at what happens. Yeah. I love all of that. You hit a bunch of my, my favorites in there. So I I second everything. The only thing maybe I would add to it is that I think people know, I think, you know, what makes you happy in your heart, right? Like what did you enjoy as a kid? Was it Legos? Was it coloring? Was it, you know, Play-Doh and that smell and stuff or or like (laughs) the glue sticks out? Like what is your, thing and what did you enjoy and like just go do that just start there 
and re-engage with it a little bit because I've had a ton of fun uh, with Lego myself over the last mm-hmm. few years oh. just because I used to Heck love yeah. it as a kid. It's cool. They've got challenges. You, they have a great adult kits now, but also oh, yeah. uh, really easy to connect with kids and have fun with it. Mm-hmm. So you can, yeah. you know, break them all up uh, apart and, and start and make something oh. from scratch. Yeah, brilliant. It's creativity. I will say that if you uh, are like me, I grew up on the playground. I love playgrounds. Anytime I see one, I'm like, I got to go play. But I realize now that if you don't have a child at the playground, people think you're weird. So I'm like, always bring my kid with me and like, okay, let's go play. And so then at least I'm like, I got my kid and we're engaged and we'll play tag. We'll play on the, if we can find a merry-go-round, like, which is so rare nowadays to actually have a merry-go-round that can spin or, I mean, it's like, why are fling people off pretty good? Exactly. Like I don't know, I, I want myself a, a good old fashioned 1970s playground that was like really a death machine, right? It was it was dangerous. It was terrifying. Yeah, yeah, a stainless steel slide facing the sun. That's what I want. Yeah, flaming uh, slide of death. That's exactly what I call it. Yeah. Flaming slide of death. Laying in wood chips and cigarette butts from your parents. That's how. That's the cushioning you need at the end of the slide. It's so true. I remember that. We were on the same playground. Uh, everybody was man it's so much fun i'm the same way uh i did have a cousin get turned away from legoland you do occasionally uh have to bring children but you know uh (laughs) connect with your own or uh or your family members and and have some fun and then there are uh, adult places and stuff now too which is is super fun that you can go and yeah and play and and get out there and experiment so um a couple of last questions for you number Mm -hmm. one is there anything left on your fun bucket list? What would be oh. like the most fun for you? So many things left on my fun bucket list. Oh my gosh. Um, so I have not been to uh, the Florida theme parks yet and I'm a big Ooh. Harry Potter fan. So I Harry Potter world in Florida is on my bucket list. Uh, I also want to do some like ecotourism kind of like go get out in nature, help like, you know, the turtles get to the ocean kind of a thing. I think that seems oh, yeah. like a, like a ton of fun. Uh, and then I want to go explore the, uh, oh golly, what are they called? They're the, basically in Mexico, they're just like, there's a, a puddle of water that goes down way down underground. They're all connected sea oats or creotes or something. I can't remember what they're called. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's but, right. Yeah. Go, go play in those things. Cause I love the, love the water and love to, to dive and I try and I try and mess with people because I grew up on the water. So I have a, a, I'm a really good swimmer and I had the ability to hold my breath for a very long time, which means I could get a lot deeper than most oh, people. Wow. Yeah. So I think my, my deepest free dive so far has been just over 60 feet and people with, you know, their masks and their scuba gear. And I'm like down there, like, <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. So I like to do that kind of stuff. I love to explore and just have fun. So I, all I could, I keep every time I cross something off my bucket list, I add something else because I want to keep it going for as long as I can. I, I love it. Uh, I think all that's great. I will say I have been to the Harry Potter uh, rides if you get motion sickness at all, you need like eight Dramamine for that one. The Harry (laughs) Potter ride is a, a vomit inducing like okay that's good because just recently i've discovered that my my ride threshold is starting to go down like oh i need to be doing i need to be doing more play like flinging myself around because that that happens is like your equilibrium goes off as you get older because we stop playing like we did when we were kids and doing somersaults and cartwheels and you know backflips off of things wow 
Yeah. Uh, well, that's good to know. But that, yes, the Harry Potter ride was the one that like I could not enjoy the rest of the uh, day <laughs> after that one. Uh, and kind of like re- made me realize like, oh, I'm not. Yeah. 13 anymore. I'm not 13 anymore. And I don't coasters. like spinning around in circles uh, mm-hmm. endlessly. Like, yeah, get that. All right. Do you want to play a game? I I am down for anything. Let's do this. I haven't had anybody say no yet on this podcast, but uh, I still like to ask, you know? Okay. It's, uh, yeah, it's permission. Cool. Permission to play. Uh, yes. Um, you got awkward questions. Awkward questions uh, is like a would you rather game. So I'll start you out with an, an easy would you rather. Okay. Would you rather have a tail or horns? Ooh. I'm going to go with tail. Definitely a tail. I'd use it to I, hang on I to agree. things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it definitely depends on the type, but uh, I'm right. surprised how many people actually say horns because I'm I'm definitely on the tail. Uh, okay. If you were homeless but could choose to live in any city, what city would you live in? Ooh, homeless but live in any city. I'm going to have to go with someplace a little bit warmer. I'd go Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Uh, wow. I like a nice that. Beach. I've never been, but that sounds uh, that sounds great. If you became president, what's the first thing you would do? mandatory vacations. Hmm. Yep. Yep. You got my vote. Uh, <laughs> I'm in there. All right. Um, I got, uh, one, uh, all right, let's do, have you ever yelled at a kid that wasn't your own? You were, <laughs> 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 I've worked with over a million students. I've yelled at a lot of them. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I'd say probably half a million kids I've yelled at that were not my own. Like, come on, what the crap? What are you thinking, dude? Uh, I love it. Well, for being so honest, you have earned yourself a free 30 second commercial here. Do you have any asks or gives for our audience today? You know, uh, Gives, I do have uh, a booklet that if you go to Jeff at prof- professionalsatplay.com, uh, you send me a contact email. Uh, by the way, I'm the most terrible business person ever because I don't actually collect the emails. I don't do anything with them. But if you say, I would like your professionals at play, the golden rule playbook, I will send you the golden rule playbook for free. I usually charge $10 for it, but you guys can have it for free. Just say you, you heard me on the Playful Humans Mike Montague podcast, and we will hook you up with that. Uh, and then my last, my, my request is that you go outside, laugh more, live more, and love more. It's, it's, not, it's not like about me making money. It's about people engaging with each other and taking care of yourself and making the world a better place. Because honestly, I, I love making money, but at the same time, I want the world to be better. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's for sure. A hundred percent. Once again, we're talking with Jeff McLaughlin uh, in the arms of an angel. Uh, <laughs> Jeff McLaughlin, <laughs> professionals at play.com or at professionals at play on the social. You can also connect with Jeff and I on LinkedIn, both of us on there. And if you would like more information on Playful Humans, go check out playfulhumans.com. This is a community of other adults rediscovering the power of play for connection, creativity, mm-hmm. confidence, uh, building team culture, family cultures, uh, hopefully much bigger cultures in our society as well yep. that are playful, fun, and engaging. So if that sounds like you, go to playfulhumans.com. You can click on the quiz, take a playfulness quiz, or just uh, join the community. Hang out. Send us a message. Awesome. Also, uh, don't forget to hit subscribe. Let's do it. Now go play. Woo! Live for tomorrow. Live for today.
Bye, everybody. See ya.